The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from burlesque performer and social worker Magnolia Rouge. This is it, y'all. It's the end of the year. Holy shit. Is it over yet? What a year. I want to say thank you to all the people who sent me messages to tell me that they sobbed while I talked about the foster dog I was picking up on Christmas Eve last week. And I want to catch you up on the story. It's really hard sometimes to admit what you hope for, to let everybody know my heart is set on this. And I did that last week. I let you know without holding back that I was dreaming of the perfect dog. I just need some place to put all this love. (laughs) The update is I messaged my friend Mosa the day after I got her and said, I think this dog's name should not be Adele. I think it should be Fembot because she's a gorgeous supermodel in a fabulous fur coat, but she feels like a robot underneath. And she warmed up. She got used to the fabulous meals. She's very skinny. Her ribs stick out. She's a great Pyrenees mix who's 80 pounds, but she should be a lot more. And I've been feeding her great meals and she's become very attached to me. And I'm not sure what it is, but I've learned some important lessons recently. And one of them is just because you're lonely, just because someone or something desperately needs you, doesn't mean it's the right fit. Getting a pet is like dating. It's a decade long commitment and it has to be the right fit because there's a lot of giving up. There's a lot of turning parts of yourself off being less social, all of those things. And we are entering into the end of the first week and Adele's not the one. It hurts me to say. She really needs a home, but I'm not the home for her. I like big, sloppy, goofball dogs. And this dog is regal and elegant. She's beautiful. She is well-trained. It's kind of like when you're parents try and talk you into that person saying that's who you should end up with and you just know in your heart it would make you happy if I did that but I'm not feeling it and my goal is to find her a new home I'd love to be responsible for finding her a permanent home she deserves it she's so good and I'm sad that it's not with me but I know it in my heart so 
I laid my heart on the line last week, and I let you know what the dream was, and the dream did not come true. Let me know if you're interested in a gorgeous, lanky, supermodel Great Pyrenees mix, and I can point you to the foster site. I have her for the next week or so, and then I guess she goes back. Because it's been exactly a year since my ex moved out, that may play into this in some ways. Because I stayed with somebody that was wrong because I felt like I was lonely and he wanted to be with me. So I should take that offer, right? And once I took it, I never walked away from it, even though it felt so wrong. Even though I felt so unhappy, I hit it. But I'm really big on anniversaries, and as I hit the one-year mark of living all by myself, I've realized I'm not going to do that again. I am not going to be with somebody just because I'm lonely. I'm not going to change who I am. And this is something that I don't talk about, but I've had enough time and perspective to realize that I shouldn't keep this a secret. For the entire time, well, maybe not the entire time, but most of the time that I was with my ex, he tried vehemently to get me to stop doing body. I think he wanted to be the center of my world. I don't know. He never explained it. But it's very hard to create something while the person you spend all your time with is telling you to be sensible, to stop, to give it up. This is my passion. This is my life. And I can't do it just because somebody thinks I should be practical. I have the most impractical job in the world. And I love it. And I am the most persistent person you will ever meet. That is my defining trait. I wouldn't be doing this for all these years. Because it's not easy. I made this thing way harder than it should have been. And I realize that all the time. But there's things that I love about it. And I'm not going to stop until I have to. So eventually he gave up and he moved on and left me. And right now my house echoes with emptiness and I've filled it this week with a very affectionate dog who I get to spoil rotten. That was my Christmas, getting to spoil a dog rotten. I needed that and it was perfect. But at the same time, I was realizing this isn't the one. So there's your update. I knew that many of you were asking me if Adele was going to be my forever dog, and she's not. Please help me find her a home. That would make me so happy. I'd love to be in some way responsible for her finding her forever home. And I'm not going to end my last Dixie Ramble of the year on such a negative note. Thank you, by the way, for being my therapist all year. Somehow when I turn on the microphone, I just tell you the truth. And I probably shouldn't. Maybe you don't want to hear it all the time, but I do it anyway. There's something about sitting alone in my office. I just confess to you. Thank you for listening. Since this is the last Dixie Ramble, I want to end this last ramble of the year with a tip because it's just about New Year's Eve. 
So this is what I used to do at sex parties all the time. I would go up to people and I would say, look, if you want bragging rights, if you want something you can be proud of as you enter the new year, here it is. I want you to find a partner or go to a sex party or you do you. I'm not sure how you do this. And I want you to start having sex just before midnight. And I want you to continue at least, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute, an hour into 2023. And that means when you're through, you have that glow of multiple orgasms or making somebody come their brains out or pleasure and cuddliness or all of that. All of that's part of sex. But then you get to brag that you just had sex for two years straight. That's right. If you start in 2022 and you don't finish till 2023, you can say that. I hope you achieve that this New Year's Eve. And (laughs) I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go to a sex party for New Year's Eve. I have tickets. The party sounds awesome. But there's part of me that doesn't want to leave this dog alone because the fireworks are going to be insane. So yeah, there's that responsibility thing again. Have a great New Year. And please send me a voice memo or an email and tell me about it. I'd love to hear your bragging rights. You can always brag to me. It's winter time. Is there anything better than stepping out of a steamy bath and sliding naked between crisp, clean sheets and grabbing your favorite toy and a bottle of high quality lube? Lube is so important. It's the key to maximizing pleasure, whether you're alone or with a partner. And ideally, lube should enhance touch, not overpower it. And that's why my favorite lube is Uber Lube. It's a pure premium silicone lube that's designed to transfer sensation and reduce friction. Uber Lube offers the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensations. Thousands of doctors recommend Uber Lube to their patients for its simple ingredient list. And it comes in a handy single-use pump for the perfect amount every time. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal, and it comes in a beautiful glass bottle that you'll be proud to have on your nightstand. UberLube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, and then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It cleans up easily, there's no flavor or scent. Honestly, I love introducing people to it, and everyone I know who's tried it is a convert. You'll never want another kind of lube after UberLube. And UberLube is offering body storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use the code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. If you're going to add to those magic moments, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients. Remember, you get 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. When it comes to lubrication, it's the best. Uber Lube. It lets you feel what you want to feel. Announcing How to Be Body, Dixie's secret system for uncensored storytelling. If you've ever struggled to tell your own intimate stories to partners, friends, or maybe even on a stage, my new live sex and storytelling workshop is what you need. As the host of the Body Podcast and Live Stage Series, I've coached thousands of people on how to tell their true stories of sex, kink, or gender in an engaging, relatable way. And for years, 
people have asked me to create an at-home version, and I've finally done it. Registration is now open for How to Be Body, Dixie's secret system for uncensored storytelling, where I'll teach you how to tell a compelling story full of intimate, relatable details. And how fun is it to work on stories of sex and kink with other sex-positive, open-minded humans? This small, community-minded course will warm up your winter, and it makes a fantastic late holiday or early Valentine's gift. And when you register for How to Be Body, you can choose your level of participation. You can either go everything but or all the way with private coaching sessions with me, a final storytelling showcase, and a video of your story to share with friends. Sign up now. I can't wait to hear your story. There's a link in the episode show notes to register. When was the last time you treated your partner to an unforgettable night? Like a Kitten creates erotic gift boxes that make it easy to spice up your sex life. Like a Kitten will ship you a gift box with all the erotic essentials, from robes and handcuffs to massage oils and vibrators. It's your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. Like a Kitten offers so many different creatively themed boxes. They'll encourage you to play in brand new ways in the new year. The Daring Date Night Box will help you break out of the same old dull routine with your partner, spicing things up by sharing a sexy secret on your next dinner date. The Booty Box contains everything you need for anal, whether you're a booty beginner or a pro. Then there's the Flirty Festival Box. It's the perfect bachelorette gift for your festival-loving bestie. I got the Forbidden Fruit Box with the rosy gold anal plug, Poppin' Rocks explosive sex candy, water slide aquatic stimulator, water-based lube, and best of all, the Purrs Like a Kitten USB rechargeable silicone vibe. It's hard to believe that most of these boxes contain a toy that retails for more than the entire box. So these boxes containing multiple gifts are a steal. And I love Like a Kitten because a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering Body Storytelling's listeners 15% off when you go to likeakitten.com slash D-I-X-I-E or enter the code Dixie at checkout. These boxes are all at least 25% off retail value. So with our special discount of 15% off, you'll receive a total of 40% off retail value. Surprise your partner with a box from Like a Kitten. Just go to likeakitten.com slash Dixie or use the code D-I-X-I-E right now to get 15% off. And there's a link in this episode's description. It's time for a story. And since it's our last podcast episode of the year, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to use the stage introduction from the story told live on stage in front of a sold out crowd in Seattle to let you hear the story about how this terrified first time storyteller ended up on stage getting a standing ovation. Why do I love to play the intro and the outro of when people are on stage? Because I want to remind you, these stories are not told in secret. They are told to hundreds of people. And the uproarious applause you hear is people being so grateful to hear that story. You'll hear it in the introduction. But this storyteller is our final storyteller at the Seattle show, Magnolia Rouge. 
I love people who are afraid and do it anyway. And I'm going to tell you, this storyteller got on a plane from Denver to come tell you a story tonight. There is scared, and then there's get on a plane from Denver and do it anyway, scared. And I'm going to tell you this part because it's one of my favorite parts. I mean, I love story, and then there's the backstory that makes the story so much better. She took my How to Be Fascinating workshop. And each week when we would work on, I'd teach them how to tell stories. And then each week we'd have office hours. And people would show up for office hours, and then they wouldn't tell a fucking story. They'd just show up. And they weren't because they were intimidated. They were afraid they were going to do it wrong. They were afraid they weren't good enough. And so I'd have to start telling stories to get everybody to tell their stories. And so finally, Magnolia, our final storyteller, goes, okay, Dixie, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell something, but it's not a story. It's not a story. And I'm like, okay, everybody be quiet because Magnolia is not going to tell us a story. Everybody muted themselves on Zoom. And it was incredible. Everybody's jaw was on the floor. And they were quiet. And when at the end, I said, everybody unmute and applaud. And they lost their minds. It was great. And when it was over, I'd been taking notes to coach. And I said, Magnolia, can I ask you what city you live in? And she said, I live in Denver. And I said, I just want to know because I want to come there and punch you in the face because that was totally a story. Why do you think that wasn't a story? And she said, I listen to the podcast every week and it wasn't like this and it wasn't that and it wasn't as good. And I'm like, we all psych ourselves out. We all tell ourselves we're not good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough to be on this stage. She is a burlesque performer. She's a social worker. She's somebody who got on a plane to do something so fucking scary. I want every one of you to get up out of your chair and please give a huge standing ovation to Magnolia Rouge. on my couch in my apartment in Chicago, mourning my breakup and binge watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and as I'm watching Willow and Tara fall for each other, it occurs to me for the first time that I might be bisexual. And <laughs> it shouldn't have taken Joss Whedon pointing out that bisexuals exist, but something about Willow's story just clicked with me. And I think that says a lot, because I really want to be Buffy. Like, I've always wanted to be Buffy. I've been her for Halloween like three times. But no, it was Willow. She was relatable. She was coming into her power as a witch. And I felt like I was doing the same as like a performer and burlesque dancer. And she was finding her community. And I felt like I was starting to find like the people I fit in with and like my people in general. But most importantly, she was heartbroken when her and her werewolf boyfriend, Oz, broke up. 
And I was heartbroken when me and my human boyfriend, Andy, broke up. <laughs> but she goes to her campus's witch club and she meets Tara. And she starts to think she might be into more than just werewolves. She might be into witches too. And as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, obviously she's into Tara. Like everyone's into witches, y'all should fuck. And then, and I was like, that's weird. Like, what is that? Okay. So as I'm having these feelings, I'm deep in rehearsals for this show called Murder Theater. And it runs every Halloween in Chicago for the past like 30 years. And the cast starts in like a white pristine costume and one by one, um, every cast member gets murdered. And by the end of the show, everyone is covered, like head to toe covered in blood and entrails, AKA chocolate and raw meat. And the whole thing is so fucking disgusting. But it's also so fucking Buffy. So I was like really feeling it. I was also feeling it because I was cast as a character just titled The Slut. I had like <laughs> one line and then they just slit my throat and I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but there was this other girl in the cast and her name was Bryn. Bryn is stunning. She's like 5'9". She has dark eyebrows and dark eyes and her cheeks are just like kissed with freckles, and she has big, voluptuous lips. And I can't quite pinpoint it, but she has the same erotic energy as Salma Hayek. She just like oozes confidence and draws you in, and she's magnetic. And I was obviously instantly drawn to her. As rehearsals went on, we became friends, and we started hanging out. And I noticed that I was feeling a lot more excited around her than the other castmates. I was also noticing that I was more excited around her than like any of my other female friends. And so I was like, what is this? Is this something? And then I would be like, no, it's nothing. Like, this is new friendship energy. You're overthinking it. And then I would be like, on the other hand, there are these things we do that are inherently kind of flirty from the outside. Like after murder each night, the cast or the audience sticks around and they watch the cast wash the theater, like wash the whole stage to get the blood and entrails, chocolate and raw meat off the stage. And it's like, it's kind of like a third act, like it's really fun and, and we put on a real show. And Brent and I would like really play it up. Like we would like uh, roll up washcloths and slap each other's butts with them. And we would like pick up buckets of water and just like pour them down each other's chests. And I was like, you know, we're doing it for the audience. We're playing a character. Like, this could be innocent. This could be innocent. <laughs> and then, after the whole show is done, the cast sticks around and we take turns taking showers. And Bren and I would shower together to wash the blood, chocolate, um, off each other's backs. And I was like, okay, we're showering together naked, but you know, I can't reach that one spot and I really need a buddy, so this could be innocent. Um, and so I was just like playing this weird game and just downplaying it over and over again. But the question kept coming back, like, is she feeling this vibe too? Is this just my Buffy obsession? After a week of thinking I'm bisexual, do I just think everyone's gay now? Like, it's impossible to say. I just don't know. 
So one night after like the third or fourth show, we're all in it, the energy's really high, and Brandon and I are like, let's go back to my place and just hang out and have a glass of wine. And I live directly across the street from the theater, so this is really normal. Um, and she comes back and it's just the two of us, and I was like, this is innocent, um, <laughs> obviously. And we sit on my windowsill overlooking Belmont Avenue, and we talk for hours. And we sit there like knee to knee, and coffee mug of wine to coffee mug of wine, because I didn't have glasses. And we just like stared into each other's eyes. And I can feel this tension between us. There's this like, like you know, that like humming and buzzing in your chest. And it's just like palpable in the air. And as I'm sitting there, I have these two voices in my head. And voice one is like, there is no way that we can sit here, knee to knee, and coffee mug of wine to coffee mug of wine, staring into each other's eyes, and not end up lip to lip. Like, we're gonna fucking make out. Like, there's no way we don't kiss right now. It's just, it's like faded, it's happening. I'm like in a movie watching it, we're gonna kiss. And then there's voice two, and voice two is yelling at voice one to shut the fuck up um, because it's not real and you're overthinking it and there's no way she feels the same way. Like, shut it down, you dumb bitch. And I, <laughs> I'm a Gemini, so I'm used to it being really chaotic up there. Like, this is not new. <laughs> and it's important to note that Bryn is also going through a breakup. But she's not in sad girl phase like me. She's in like the much sexier, much cooler, I'm gonna make shit happen phase. And it's like she can see the mental battle going through my head and she just cuts through it. And she's like, hey, I'm really feeling this. And I think you are too. <laughs> you know? And she says, are we gonna do this? And I go nonverbal, and my jaw drops, and I'm like. <laughs> and she grabs my hand, and she pulls me from my living room and through my kitchen and into my bedroom. And as we're on this journey, I'm like so excited, and I'm so terrified, because I realize I haven't done my bisexual research yet, <laughs> and. Like, if Bren is a dude, like, I know what's up, and I know what I'm doing, and I know I'm gonna do it well. But with her, like, I have never done this before, and I have no roadmap, and I'm fucking panicking. And I'm like, now those two voices from before are screaming in unison, and they're like, how does one eat pussy effectively? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is a short journey, like, what are my options here? And I'm like, okay, I could Google it. <laughs> but if I whip out my phone, I think she'll notice. And that's not very sexy. Like, as a rule of thumb, you don't want to fuck someone that's Googling how to fuck. Um, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. And then I like start going through this mental Rolodex. I'm like, try I'm like fishing for knowledge in my brain. And I'm like, okay, well there's, all those women I've made out with before. There's like 20 of them, and I never thought I was bisexual until like two weeks before this, so. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, that always ended at kissing, so that's like useless, that doesn't, that doesn't help. Okay, what else do I have? The Buffy episode, the source material, like what happens in the Buffy episode? 
And I'm like, okay, Willow goes to kiss Tara, and she leans in, and a candle gets blown out. Because it's the year 2000, we don't fucking see it, homophobia. <sighs> and so I'm like, well, that's a fucking dead end. Um, and so this really short journey has ended. We're now at my bedroom. We sit down on the bed, and I'm like, I have no choice but to wing it. And I tell her that I'm winging it. And she's like, I'm actually winging it too. Um, <laughs> and we both, we both laugh about how new we are. And then we're just like, let's fucking go. And uh, we just start kissing each other all over. And it's fucking awesome. Like, it's really hot and I'm into it. And I'm like, I want to show how into it I am. Things are escalating. I know what's up. I know what we do next. And so I'm like, let me take charge. And I crawl on top of her. And I start like kissing down her body. Because again, I'm like, I know what we do. I know the steps. I mean, I know how to do the steps, but I know the steps. And so I'm like inching down her body. And I'm like pretty close. But I like stop and I'm like, um, there might be technical difficulties. If you have any feedback, like let me know. Um, I'm new to this, so like. Just stop me. Um, and it's like, it's like the least sexy thing anyone could ever say before they eat you out. Um, but I'm like, okay. And then I start inching down her body again. And I, I get down to her pussy and I whisper into it, please give me guidance. And. It doesn't respond. And so I'm just alone down there. And <laughs> like, I don't nail it. But like, we're still, like, we're into it. We're working together. And she's like, you know, I want to take the pressure off. Like, I'm post-breakup. I'm not going to come. Like, don't, don't feel the pressure. And I, I know. And I take it on the chin. But like, in my heart. But in my heart, I'm like, I know it's because I'm fumbling with my tongue and I can't figure out which direction it's supposed to be going. I'm like, is it a circular situation? Is it zigzag? Is it up and down? I like, I can't choose, so it's just like a chaotic mess. Um, and then after that, <laughs> then after that, she takes the reins. And like, bless Bryn, like she's a natural. She has instantly so much more finesse than I do. And she does not have to ask the voice of God to speak to her through my vagina. <laughs> and so she's just like leagues ahead of me and she makes me come. And we're both still like so, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> orgasms. Um, and we're both just like still so into it and like excited. And we're like, what's next? And we're both like, is scissoring a thing? Um, and we've like, we're like, we don't think so, but we've been like too scared to ask. So like, fuck it, let's try. And so <laughs> there's like a series of like awkward like mounting situations and um, it, doesn't, it doesn't go well. Um, <laughs> we're like, you know what? It's too advanced. Like let, it, we're done. I think we, <laughs> let's call it good. And so, <laughs> and so <laughs> we eventually fall asleep and the next morning, I wake up and, and she leaves and I'm in that like sleep deprived, like giggly place. And I start to question my reality. I'm like, 
did that happen? Like, did I just hook up with a hot girl? Like, what? And I'm like really convincing myself it didn't. And then I get a text from her, and it's like, hey, I left my underwear on your floor. And I like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like throw my phone across the room, and I'm like, it happened. And then I just, in this like post hookup glow, and I start reflecting on the night before. And I'm like, holy shit, like, that was erotic and hot. And I was like fucking into it. And yes, there's also the part where like, I was awkward and really fumbly and like technical skills speaking, I could not be more fucking green, like so green. But then I'm like, I don't know, that's not what matters. That's not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> what I'm thinking about is like, oh, if this is bisexual, I'm so bisexual. <laughs> and more importantly, like Willow Rosenberg, I am not just into werewolves. I am definitely into witches too. Thank you. Girls just like I like my honey Sweet little selfish I like my women like I like my money Green little jealous Cause I'm a beautiful wreck A colorful mess but I'm funny Oh, I'm a heartbreak vet With a stone-cold neck, yeah, I'm charming All the pretty girls in the world But I'm in this space with you Call it out the lines, again to find My fire will stay with you Heart, it will stay with you Like great escapes with you oh. I count down to the clock, say away, don't walk away, or would you wait for me? I go out to the bar, fuck hanging with the stars, don't even have a car, but you away for me.
is love. Do re mi fa sol la ti is love. That song was Honey by Kehlani. Are you in need of a quickie? Well, my two-hour storytelling to get the sex you want class is happening again on January 8th. I'll teach you a creative way to engage with new people online. Plus, it's fun to do. Use your own stories to connect. I can tell you it's worked for my storytellers for years, so I'm teaching it to you now. Join me on January 8th. It's a great way to start your year. There's a link to register in this episode's show notes. Over the many years that I've been doing body, I've helped shepherd thousands of true stories into the world. My specialty is the brand new storyteller, the person who's never stepped onto a stage, but who has a story burning inside them that they ache to tell. I've coached them and I've held their hand and I've watched their backstage panic attack result in life-changing moments. There's no other place like Body, where you can get a standing ovation for your honesty and your vulnerability. These stories may change the storyteller, but they always change the listener too. But 2022 has been financially devastating for me and for Body. I need your assistance now more than ever to continue with this important work. Between COVID concerns and the increasing cost to produce live theater, For example, venue costs doubling this year. I've had to reduce the number of live shows I produce, and I'm scrambling to keep this thing going. I just read last week that if theater attendance continues to improve at the current rate, arts attendance will fully recover in 2024. I hope that body storytelling can still be here when that happens. Y'all hear me say it all the time, this work is my passion, and I want these stories to be heard all over the world, not hidden from view. I believe that everyone has a story and that our stories help us understand and connect to one another. On this last episode of the year, yes, I'm going to say it again, it's the last episode, I'd like to ask you to consider extending your generosity to body to help me grow a more powerful community. Not just grow, but continue. You'll be helping me as I shift to more online offerings so that we can spread our reach farther into the world and I require new computers, live streaming equipment, etc. to do that. The farther we take these stories out into the world, the easier it is to remind folks there are other people like them out there, and that makes us all feel less alone. This week, if you can, make a one-time donation to Body Storytelling on Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. There's a link in the show notes. The best way to support Body is ongoing support through Patreon, and that's at patreon.com slash body. Thank you for considering it. And if you're already a Patreon supporter, thank you for your ongoing support. Every dollar is greatly appreciated. Well, that's our time for this week. I want to say thank you for listening to Body Storytelling this year. I don't know what I'd do without you to talk to. I really don't. And I'm so glad that you enjoy these stories as much as I do. I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Ty McKenzie, Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Ruben Tan, Royland James, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Dindhauerker. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make our live shows go so well. Thank you to Crystal Crow, Alexis, Yoni, Zach, 
all the people who help out and volunteer and our staff at our shows. I haven't seen nearly enough of y'all this year, and I hope I'll see more of you in the coming year. I also want to say thank you to Pleasure Podcasts. I'm part of their collective, and they've made a huge difference in my life. Oh, but wait, before you go, in the spirit of the holidays, I want to gift you another amazing podcast rec from our Pleasure Podcast Network. Private Parts Unknown podcast is a comedy sex travel podcast exploring the stories of love and sexuality around the world. Here's a quick hello from the host, and I hope you'll give the Private Parts Unknown podcast a listen to. Happy New Year! A podcaster goes to Tokyo to uncover stories of sex, relationships, and queerness, and winds up getting a happy ending massage. That's the kind of Bourdain-style experiential storytelling you can expect from Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. Hi, I'm Courtney Kosak, and for the show, we've traveled to Helsinki, Finland, Mexico City, Mexico, Tokyo, Japan, and beyond to explore different modes of intimacy and increase our cultural understanding. Tune in for hilarious, sex-positive conversations, destigmatizing everything from abortion to Ashley Madison, polyamory to PMDD, sex work to Shibari, and more. Follow Private Parts Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.